Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Today, my friends, is um, a different day, slightly, for a couple of reasons. Behind the scene action, I'm going to give you here, and that is, I am recording for the first time ever in my Mandan, which is uh, short for Manden, although I have to explain what a Mandan is, but that kind of takes away some of the shortness that would be accrued by just saying Mandan. But still, yeah, but still. I used to have a man cave, but uh, my my man cave now is above ground, so I feel you have to take out the cave and turn it into den. And I like to shorten it for brevity's sake, so it's called Jordan's Mandan, which is where I'm recording this on a Saturday, which uh, is also very odd. So some very, very odd things happening here. But uh, I guess that's it as far as behind-the-scenes type things to tell you about that don't matter at all from your perspective. So done that portion another portion i should get to is to say that there will be spoilers i should say that because there most likely will be spoilers and this warns you of them another thing i like to say is that if you like what you hear the only payment i ask is a million dollars no that is ridiculous the only payment i ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcasts grow. Grow! Uh, I think uh, with all of that said, we will push a button that will get us started thusly. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Lloyd and Harry's Rare Bird and Feral Cat Zoo. So thank you to whatever that is for sponsoring, well, let's face it, whatever this is. Today I have four, well, I was going to say count them, as I like to do, four count them four, but there's no real need to count them because there will be four, and when it's done you will see that there is four, so you don't have to count them. Ah, so dumb. So dumb and dumber too. Oh, nice segue. Uh, yeah, so I watched Dumb and Dumber Two. T O. I do enjoy that they spelled two wrong instead of T W O. They spelled it T O. That uh, that amuses me, and it's a joke that I assume would get older the more you hear it. But right now, it's still uh, fresh in my mind enough that I uh, find it amusing. Speaking of finding it amusing, oh man, another good segue. Uh, I like this movie. I left a bit of a pause there, because the sort of consensus uh, for most people is that this is a horrible movie, and you shouldn't watch it no matter what. Uh, I disagree with that. I had quite a few laughs. Uh, 
something to keep in mind is that probably 90% of the time, uh, especially if you've listened to many of these episodes, you will know this to be the case, that I usually like movies. No matter what. Yeah, that's probably saying it a little... That's probably saying a little too much, but uh, I'm usually not so much leaning on the side of criticism of movies as bringing them back here and telling you what I liked about them. Uh, For this, I think I'd go three out of five, which, uh, as you know, uh, I like to use for enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. I would potentially down the road say with my little nephew, uh, watch Dumb and Dumber, and then watch this with him as well, so I think that's kind of of sad to say, well, not necessarily sad, but a thing to say is that it is kind of humor of the juvenile variety, which uh, you gotta delve into sometime, as far as I'm concerned. So, let's move on to a movie that I wouldn't share with my little nephew, because it was pretty, pretty, pretty scary. Uh, It's called The Possession of Michael King. Uh, Rating-wise, I'd go 4, maybe even 5 out of 5. Probably 5 out of 5 in terms of being uh, an actual movie that scared me, which hasn't happened in a a long time. I can't actually remember the last movie that I watched that uh, actually had some scares in it. Uh, This is kind of funny, this movie, because um, I... I got it a long time ago because I knew it was something the missus would be interested in and we and when I say a long time ago I mean probably over a year ago and was just kind of sitting there waiting for us to watch and I was like hey I got this like a year ago why don't we watch it because she's always uh asking me to try to find actual scary movies which which this was let me read the imbud Michael King who doesn't believe in God or the devil Uh, Following the sudden death of his wife, Michael decides to make his next film about the search for the existence of the supernatural and afterlife and stuff. Uh, Yeah, so interesting premise. I guess the sort of mark I would take off is his search for the god and devil. Turns out that those two things do exist. (laughs) Which kind of, the atheist in me uh, doesn't appreciate that too, too much. Meh. Uh, okay, let's move on to movie the third, titled The Toxic Avenger. Ah, you may have heard of this. It is a, what you would probably classify as a cult classic. I've heard about it many times over the years. Uh, it was... <laughs> I really... This is a hard movie to classify. So bad it's good? I suppose it verges into that. Yeah, I think I could say so bad it's good. But also, a little bit, um, and I don't know if this is for everyone, so bad that it is kind of bad. <laughs> like, uh, rating-wise, i probably have to go with two. Yeah, maybe some, some funny, interesting, strange three, even four moments. Strange, for sure. Very, very strange. Let me read this. Uh, Traumaville has a monstrous new hero, the Toxic Avenger, is born when mop boy Melvin Junko falls into a vat of toxic waste. Now evildoers will have a lot to lose. Yes, yeah, so uh, picture a guy who's mutated. Uh, one kind of interesting thing is normally when you have a mutated person due to toxic stuff, they don't look like they have a body riddled with cancer. So, it's interesting that they went that route. You don't see that very often. 
Oh, did I just screw my timer up? Yep. Uh, so moving on to the last movie, because I screwed my timer up, we have a little bit more time than we normally would. Yay? Question mark? Uh, last movie is titled Amadeus. So I went from watching The Toxic Avenger to Amadeus, which I think, as far as movies are concerned, are the two most different movies in human existence. Those two movies. Uh, this one, I, I've, I think I've seen bits and pieces of it before, and I think maybe that's why I watched it, because I wanted to get the full effect. And uh, it is good. Rating-wise, probably just a three. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't watch it again. I have no desire within me to watch this somewhere down the road. I don't think. Uh, let me read. It's Imbida. The incredible story of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, told by his peer and secret rival Antonio Salieri, now confined to an insane asylum. F. Murray Abraham, amazing in this movie. Today's television talk sponsor is SHIELD Home Security, which stands for, of course, uh, Secure Homes Interior and Exterior with Laser Defenses. Huh? Pretty good, right? Get that, SHIELD Home Security, and you will be safe as houses. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, okay, so today we're going to talk about, you guessed it, Marvel, colon, is there a colon there? Probably a colon there. Marvel colon. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mmm. Back after a, a brief hiatus. Uh, it's kind of strange because I uh, would check... I watch these, as I do, uh, online streaming from whatever uh, ABC, whatever it is. And uh, I was checking every week to see when they were back. And I guess I went like three weeks without checking because I had checked so many times to see nothing. And it was starting to bug me, I guess, so I just said, okay, I'll just leave it. And then when I checked this time, there was three episodes waiting for me. So, you know, good. Good stuff. Uh, let's talk about episode the first. This is season two, episodes 11 to 13, as it says in my beautiful notes here. Uh, episode 11 is titled Aftershocks. Uh, while Gemma secures the Cree city, Sky is put into quarantine. Meanwhile, the team carries out an operation against Hydra, Hail Hydra, to eliminate the people who arranged Trip's death. Mm. Uh, I think the the most interesting thing of this episode is Sky, who the actress who plays Sky, so beautiful, just stunningly. Ugh. And a uh, good actress as well, because uh, I think that's one of the main things. Yeah, probably I think I could say that's one of the main things I appreciate of Joss Whedon is to be f be able to find actresses of the beautiful variety who are also good. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's an easy thing to do necessarily, but uh, he does it time after time after time. So good on him and good for us. Uh, Sky is, from what I've seen of these three episodes turning into a superhero of some sort, potentially de de developing some sort of powers. Uh, my, my main question here is, is Sky going to turn into, for lack of a better term, a uh, superhero 
that already exists within the Marvel universe, or is this like totally off any Marvel canon at all? I, I don't really know uh, from what I've seen so far. It looks like she's got some sort of mind powers to be able to control stuff, mindy controlly th things. So uh, th that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see, episode 12. Who you really are. Uh, after a battle, Lady Sif finds herself on Earth with amnesia. Ooh, just like a video game. And turns to S.H.I.E.L.D. for help. Meanwhile, Bobby and Mac continue their own operation within the team, risking exposure. Uh, this was an interesting episode because it was sort of a nothing to do, for the most part, with the main story. It was sort of all around Lady Sif. Uh, she's good. I like her as well. Another case of the uh, beautiful actress who does good at acting. So, good stuff. Uh, <laughs> as a red-blooded Canadian male, good reason to watch this show. Oh, wait, you know what? I should throw this. The red-blooded Canadian nerd male. The show is up my alley so far, I can't get it out. Uh, Lady Seth, cool. Amnesia. Interesting, the bad guy who's able to give people amnesia with a touch. Eh, yeah, that's kind of an interesting power. I don't think I've ever seen that. Good power, you're fighting someone, you give them amnesia, they don't know why they're fighting you. So, interesting, interesting. Uh, Bobby and Mac, yeah, so that's uh, sort of brewing at this point. Um, they're Are they bad? Are they good? Uh, kind of interesting, because they're setting it up so that you think that they are going to be evil. But there's also potential that that is not the case from some of their actions. So you don't really know what to think at this point. And I like that. Oh. Uh, last idol. Idol. Last episode. Not even close to the word I wanted. Uh, one of us. To expose S.H.I.E.L.D.'s supposed crimes to the world... Cal gathers a team of supervillains, that's in quotes, and lures Coulson back to his hometown. Meanwhile, Belinda brings in her ex-husband to help evaluate Skye's psychological condition after her recent transformation. Uh, this one was very cool because I love in anything of this nature when there are uh, multiple bad guys in a group, or multiple good guys in a group for that matter. Uh, anywhere where there's sort of multiple people with various powers in groups struggling to overcome something uh, is good in my book. Uh, this one, and I'm, again I'm wondering if this is from Marvel canon, which I, this guy I kind of assume it is. There was a guy whose voice would uh, put people in comas, so, uh, and his mouth looked real funky. So uh, whenever he talked, if you could hear it, uh, you would go into a coma. So probably like you're doing listening to my voice here, because this is goddamn boring. Don't be so hard on yourself. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? But banter. Oh shit, I don't have a book banter. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah, okay, well, speaking of book banter, I don't have one this week. Oh no, wait, I could throw an Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, never mind. Oh, but then I don't have a sponsor. Okay, so, <laughs> let me just explain that I didn't have a book banter. I was going to skip it this week because I hadn't finished a book. But then all this Mandan 
Jordan's Mandan stuff came up, so it kind of pushed things back a bit. So then I did end up finishing a book, but apparently I forgot that fact, and uh, I put it in next week's episode. So, you know, there. So there. Let me see if I could skip forward in my timer a bit. And, ha, there you go. I hope you enjoyed today's book banter. Oh my god. Books are good. Read more. Today's Game Gabin sponsor is Repeatski's Microwavable Goat Cheese Pizza. Thank you, you beautiful sponsor. Uh, Today I have two games. Oh yeah, we're living in a land of plenty with games and not so much with books. But hey, sometimes that's how the cookie, the video game book cookie crumbles. Mmm, that's a saying. Uh, Game the first is called Goat Simulator. Game the first is called, the title of the game is Goat Simulator. Uh, You may have heard of this. If you're someone who listens to podcasts in which people talk of video games and are, uh, for lack of a better term, in the know, uh, this sort of exploded onto the scene quite a while back. I'm I'm not exactly fresh on the pulse of this game. but uh, I think it started as like a joke indie game, or even maybe it just started as like a poster, or there's some sort of strange story about how this game started and then actually factually became po- popular. I uh, got it on Steam, thought I would give it a try. Uh, it is fun, there is moments of fun. Uh, you know what, because I'm talking about two games and I wanted to compare them, I'll tell you what the other one is now. It's called Super Time Force Ultra. And um, what I decided is that both of these games are making the attempt to be funny. Uh, Goat Simulator is more funny than Super Time Force Ultra. But the gameplay in Super Time Force Ultra is better. Which made me come back for more than Goat Simulator did. So, on that note, why don't I, before I forget, throw out my ratings. Uh, Goat Simulator, I'd go Solid 3. So three, I did have enjoyment. I did laugh a fair amount, which I find in video games is rare. It's rare to find a video game that actually factually makes you laugh out loud, and this did a couple of times. You're a freaking goat. Oh, you know what I should mention on that note is <laughs> this makes so little sense. Is why I love it so much. Uh, you have the ability to play as a goat in Goat Simulator, of course. And slightly less, of course, you also have the ability to play as a microwave with legs. A microwave with legs. So uh, that's, of course, the character that I chose. Uh, You could shoot little pizzas out. You can sort of explode from microwaves, I guess. Uh, Very, very strange. Very, very strange. Uh, I played mostly the... There's a sort of RPG element to it, and it's making fun of those things. Like, uh, one of the quests was, go get me a Coke. The, uh, the the Coke was sitting, you know, two feet from the person. Mission complete. Congratulations, that sort of thing. Uh, okay, so let's move on to Super Time Force Ultra. 
Uh, very, very cool idea. Uh, well executed. The sort of gist, I don't, I don't think I'd call it a gimmick, but it is the sort of main gameplay element, is that uh, you are a team of fighters trying to save the Earth from destruction. Uh, the main ability you have is that when you die, you can sort of rewind time a little bit, which has been done quite a bit, but what happens is uh, you can then jump in with a new character, and the character that died still had completed all of the actions that it had completed. So, for example, if you rewind and then uh, kill the person that just killed you, then you won't die. So there's that sort of uh, paradox. Lots and lots of paradoxes. Paradox I? Paradoxes? Uh, manipulating time in such a way in a video game that I've never seen before and relatively simple mechanic to do so yet uh, incredibly sort of mind-boggling. Uh, so I think the coolest way that they use it is for boss battles so there is a, there's a time limit as you do in Super Time Force Ultra I guess and uh, well, pausing shit I think I did it again Anyways, as I was saying, you uh, you have to, uh, when fighting a boss, yeah, that's what I was saying, uh, when you're fighting a boss, you versus the boss, and there's a time limit, there is literally zero chance that you could beat the boss in the allotted time with one person. So you're going to take that one person, try to kill it. Uh, and try to get to when the time runs out. Then you're going to rewind all the way to the beginning of the bass, bo the bass bottle, <laughs> the boss battle, and uh, then do it with a, a second person, and then a third, and a fourth, and it's like up to you'll have 20 people that are all you on the screen, completing all the actions you have completed in order to beat this boss. And you've got to rewind and try again and rewind and try again. Uh, a lot of trial and error in that regard. And also in that regard is why I would take off perhaps a mark. Did I give my mark? Four to five? Yeah, four to five. Very, very solid four out of five. And uh, you know what? I look forward to more games in the series because I think its popularity and goodness deserves more. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Professor Pumpernickel's Professionally Padded Pajama Pants. Okay. Alright, uh, internet intercourse item the first is Table Talk. Table Top. Table Talk? No. Table Top. Yes. Uh, table Top After Dark in, in quotes this, this time I've written in my notes. And I think they called it. Because they played... Cards Against Humanity. I should say, if you are unfamiliar with Tabletop, which I know I've brought back a handful of times, I'm not sure if I've brought back in this post-episode 300 world, so I will say it's a game in which Will Wheaton, formerly Wesley Crusher of Star Trek, uh, will sit around and play a tabletop game of some sort. Hmm. 
Uh, usually and bestly done when he plays with comedians, because then you get some of the lulls that we so desire on the internet. Uh, in this case, one of the comedians, or the comedian, hmm, uh, was Aisha Tyler. Super, super funny. Uh, may know her as uh, Lana, Lana Lane? Lana Lang? What the hell is her name? Lana from Archer. The voice of, I should say. She was also on 24. Uh, sorry, I should mention the game that they played, which is Cards Against Humanity, which, if you've ever played or know of, you'll know is incredibly filthy. F- humorously filthy, sure. <laughs> Quite often, uh, Will tries to aim this uh, show at a-, a broad audience, so kids can watch it, adults, your your little old granny. This episode probably one of the longest disclaimers at the beginning of vulgarity to come that I have ever seen. <laughs> and uh, they, they did earn it, that is for sure. Uh, the other people uh, on the show, because there's usually four, and in this case there was, uh, were Le- oh, I'm gonna I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Le- Leanna, L-A-I-N-A, Morris, uh, who is the overly attached girlfriend. If you Google overly attached girlfriend, you will see who that is. She is a meme. Hmm. She is a meme. Imagine being a meme. That's strange. And uh, Ali Spagnola, who is a musician and created an album of 60 songs slash drinking games I've written here in my notes. Very interesting. Uh, this game is somewhat similar to Apples to Apples, which can get dirty as well. Not nearly to the dirtiness of this. Uh, for example, some references, or one in particular that I wrote down in my notes, is Gallon of Horse Cum. Gallon of Horse Cum was mentioned in this episode. Okay, uh, I think if, with that said, might as well move on, right? Uh, talk last week, I didn't really see much this week. Anyways, talk last week of a new Nintendo console. So, uh, whenever something like that happens, it's going to explode into the YouTubes and all the various video game, uh, channels that I watch. And is it just a rumor at this point? Uh, I guess that's sort of the case. What is not a rumor is that, uh, Nintendo has partnered with a company called DNA, uh, that's D-E-N-A, D-N-A, <laughs> uh, which creates mobile games for, like, the iPhone and your Android devices. Now, the reason this is cool is because, potentially, and perhaps even likely, it opens up the doors for N- Nintendo games on non-Nintendo systems. So, uh, I'm hoping that this means that one day I will be able to play a Zelda game on my iPhone, and that would just be incredible, and I would pay a fair amount of money to be able to do that, so yay. Uh, Something that's sort of a common theme throughout the talks that I've heard of this is that this is something Nintendo had to do in order to keep in the biz, because they haven't been doing so well compared to uh, PlayStation and even Xbox, so... Good on them for for trying something different and something potentially so amazing. Okay, next is a TED Talk is uh, the title, the TED Talk title, TED Talk title. That's fun to say. Say it to yourself. TED Talk title is What If 3D Printing Was 100 Times Faster? Uh, 3D printing is amazing. 
when the price eventually goes down to sort of consumer, average, average everyday Joe Blow users, I imagine I will own a 3D printer at some point in my lifetime. And the fact that they're getting so much faster and showed examples of the speed with which they are now able uh, using... <laughs> you kind of have to watch this because I won't be able to explain it as well. But uh, it's basically using water or a liquid to keep the air out. Normally, it goes sort of layer by layer. But when air doesn't touch what's being printed in 3D... Uh, new and incredible things are able to be done with that technology. I don't really get it a hundred percent. The video explains it better than I do, so watch that, please. Uh, okay, so last and certainly not least, in fact, perhaps most, mm, is the Nerdist podcast mm, with guest Scott Ackerman. Mm. So. So, so very good. Uh, Love the Nerdist Podcast. Uh, Chris Hardwick, one of the reasons that I do this, because repeatedly he has spoken of how he's asked. uh, I sort of changed it a little bit. He's asked, um, what do I have to do to be a stand-up comedian? And he repeatedly tells people, just go do it. Literally, just go out, get up on stage, and tell jokes until you either see that you're not good at it and don't like it and stop, or you get better at it. Uh, in my case, I sort of turned it around and rather than ask him, what do you do when you want to start a podcast? I just started one. So, uh, I got to thank him for a hand in that. And then he has guests, Scott Ackerman, host of comedy bang bang, which is probably my favorite podcast, just for the reason that it consistently generates the most laughs out of any other podcast that I listen to. Maybe you're not listening you're listening to podcasts for 100% laughs 100% of the time, <clears throat> but I use them as a sort of uh, escape from the day-to-day, especially while driving to and from work. So uh, the fact that he can do that consistently on his show, uh, greatly, greatly appreciate him for that. Uh, this was a cool episode because very infrequently, if ever, perhaps never, do I get to hear Scott Ackerman talk at all seriously? Because he does not do so on Comedy Bang Bang. So uh, it was kind of cool to hear a little behind the scenes of his podcast, uh, his television show, Comedy Bang Bang, the television show. Um, and something good about him being on IFC is that it sounds like, and this I do believe is unusual for television, the the IFC executives sort of stay out of his way, say, you can do this, do it how you want it, we're not going to tell you what to do, we're not going to try to stop you from doing anything, and it sounds like 99% of the time they just get out of his way and let him let him do what he wants, which uh, I think is a, a very, very rare thing. Uh, something both him and Chris spoke of, which I think is genius, probably Scott does it more than Chris would be my guess, sort of, and that is don't try to aim your comedy at 100% of the people uh, to have them sort of like it. Uh, rather aim it at 20% of the people who will love it. So I definitely fall in that 20% when it comes to Scott Ackerman. Uh, interesting news coming up as far as he and I are concerned. Huh? Uh, that's a good tease for next week's episode. 
Uh, and I think I will push this button and we'll leave it at that tease like a professional would do. Folks, that leaves one final thing to say, which is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper